Hi, I'm Megan, a former TV news producer turned freelance content creator. While searching for the elusive work-life balance, I realized I had built my life around my work when really it should be the other way around. So I clocked out of clocking in and decided to take on a workload that made sense for me and my family. Within my first year, I was able to spend priceless quality time with my girls while matching my full-time salary, leaving me content to create. Now, I want to share the lessons I've learned, the tools I've used, and more than anything, I want to share the people who've helped make this happen. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode three of Content to Create. Kristen, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. <laughs> so um, I met Kristen while interviewing for a job. I was on my way in. She was on her way out. And in this weird full circle moment, um, she's actually the person that gave me my first paid freelance project, which is <laughs> amazing. She's also um, podcasting wizard and I hired her to help me get all of my ideas and thoughts together so I could launch this. So this is just kind of, um, really cool, very humbling, um, to be able to have you on with me. And I'm just so excited that you're here. No, so excited. That's such a wild, like full circle moment, like you said, and the way that you phrase that, like, it's crazy how connections, like you just never know how connections are going to come back around for you and the people that you meet. Like it might seem like a fleeting passing moment while the first time you meet somebody and then it comes back and then you have this beautiful friendship growing. So that's been yes. a lot of fun. And it, it, it has turned into a friendship. I call on you. I ask you crazy <laughs> questions about the world of business. I remember, you know, you were my first paid um, freelance gig. I ask you, how, how do I get paid? Like, <laughs> how do I receive that money from you? Like that was something I truly did not know. Um, and you were so kind to walk me through that. So <laughs> yeah, of course. And it's all those little things that you're like, wait, how does this happen? And it's such an important thing. Like you need to get paid for the work that you're doing, but no one's like, all right, here's how you set up invoicing for your business and here's how you get that itemized invoice to your clients like no one tells you that so no, no <laughs> it's good when you can ask somebody questions so in the years since that I guess we first met you have launched your own business mm -hmm. let's talk about that like you brought me on as a freelancer mm -hmm. contractor whatever wording that you want to call that um I'm so grateful that you did <laughs> and I still get the opportunity to work with you. So I'm excited about that. But what, like, what does that look like as a business owner going from, I'm assuming you were probably doing like a freelance kind of thing first and then launched a business. Yes. Um, so I actually did some freelancing kind of as a side hustle um, while I was in my full-time role before 2020. And I had camera equipment. I knew how to produce videos. And so it was kind of interesting because applying to video production agencies, it was so hard to get a foot in the door and to even get an interview and get past the application process. But if I would tell somebody, you know, hey, I do video production, they're like, well, I need videos. Can you just do that for me? And they would just hire you because there's value in, in knowing that person and having that like one-on-one -on -one connection with them. Um, but in 2020, I kind of decided to take a leap. The pandemic had started. We just <laughs> gone what, through. <laughs> where my, my head is going like, how did you do that in 2020? But <laughs> 
it was definitely it was one of those moments where I was like honestly and transparently like applying for jobs and um everybody was on a hiring freeze because of the pandemic and I was like okay well I could stay in this role um not really sure kind of like what my future was going to be with the company or I could see if I could strike it strike out on my own and um luckily we you know with my husband's income we were okay for me to take a break and and test this new thing out and see if it would work um and so I left uh, my job in July and I had one client, literally only one client. Um, I think I had charged her like $500 for three full service videos, <laughs> um, filming, editing, uh, animation of her logo, all the things. Um, and just took, exactly, just to get started, um, just to get, and I started just freelancing. And then I was like, okay, I think I want to grow this into more of an agency model and just have more streamlined packages instead of doing everything custom pretty soon out the gate. So I started working with a business coach. Um, she helped me a lot to just start all the things and, and just to get that really strong foundation and make sure that my business was set up legally and that I had business banking systems and all of that stuff was so brand new to me. And I was like, okay, wow, I've just been um, uh, freestyling this for a while. And like, <laughs> kind of piecemealing it together. Mm -hmm. um, but it gave me some structure to feel a little bit more confident when I was pitching myself to people. Um, and one of the first big projects that I got was to produce a cooking show for a, a grocery store chain. And um, I remember going through that whole process and just feeling so much imposter syndrome and like, how, why would anybody hire me to do a cooking show? Like, that's a really big deal. Um, they had this videographer already that they weren't super happy with. Um, and I was like, he does amazing videos though. Like, are my videos as good as his even? Um, but somehow I booked the gig and that gig just kept getting bigger and bigger, but it gave me, you know, financially the footing that I needed to start to grow a team and to start to outsource some of that work. Um, and just over the course of the last few years, we've niched into just doing podcast production, um, but specializing in video podcasts. And I've gone through a few different iterations of teams um, and feel like I'm kind of finally getting my footing in that area. Um, but also, you know, over the last six months, I became a mom. Um, and so I'm learning what that looks like to be a mom and a business owner um, and to be growing two things at once, basically. <laughs> I've never thought life. of it that way. You have. <laughs> you birthed this business and then a baby. Wow. Yes, 100%. And and learning, you know, how unsustainable my, my work life was beforehand. Because mm. um, now, you know, with having the baby and trying to be present, even though he's at daycare during the day, once he's home, I want to be present with him. Our favorite, my favorite part of the day is when he comes home and... Um, he usually doesn't sleep at school because I think it's too much fun for him. So he doesn't take a nap, but he will nap in my arms once he gets home. And like, I know as he gets bigger and bigger, those are going to become fewer and fewer. But like that one-on-one -on -one snuggle time where he's not fighting me and <laughs> he's not squirming and trying to get away from me. Um, that's like the, the best, the best part of, of the day. And so I don't want to be worrying about work in that moment, you know? So I'm still trying to figure out what that balance looks like. I think everybody is forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> ever and ever. Amen. But what has been maybe helpful in that? Like, do you, are you setting boundaries? Like these are my, this is my work time. This is not like, 
What does that look like? Such a good question. Um, I have been talking with my therapist about maybe I have some ADHD that has been like undiagnosed my whole life. And so being able to really focus during those days, the hours where he is in daycare um, has been really challenging for me because I would know before Jack was born, like, okay, if I don't get work done during the day, like I can just do it in the evening. But now I don't, I can't necessarily. And like, sometimes he goes down at 730 with no problems and no fights. And sometimes it's a struggle (laughs) until like midnight. So, um, you know, those hours are super unpredictable or those, that's like the only alone time that I have with my husband. Husband. And so um, I think for me, it's been trying to figure out what will help me focus during the day. I think um, one of the things that I've, I'm trying to test out this week is breaking up bigger tasks into much, much smaller, more manageable tasks to help keep me from procrastinating or to help keep it from feeling like this huge undertaking when it's really just a series of like little tiny micro tasks that can add up over the week and help me at least make some progress. Um, And then another thing is I got a standing desk. Um, That was like my gift to myself at the end of 2022 and a little walking pad. So I found that like getting some of that physical energy out helps me like focus my brain a little bit easier. And so I'm able to like get all the clips from a video onto a timeline, you know, while I'm walking on the treadmill, that granular editing of like uh, cutting out small gaps and, and things like that, or editing for like a TikTok style video where there's a lot of cuts and a lot of zooms in and zooms out. Um, I need to sit down for those, but otherwise, you know, typing based projects or, you know, writing show notes for a client or something like that I could do on the walking pad and that helps keep me focused. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Mm -hmm. I've actually found, um, time blocking to be super helpful, especially Mm -hmm. knowing like, okay, I have this much time to devote to this client. Um, Mm -hmm. because like you, I am trying to navigate like I can work during these hours when the kids aren't here and maybe get some stuff done in the afternoon, but that's not always guaranteed because someone needs a snack or (laughs) needs help with homework or yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned several platforms um, that video content can go to besides podcasting. So you're talking about you've niched down to podcasting, which is amazing. Love all your clients. I love working with your clients. Like, I feel like you just pick the best people to work with. But with that, they have all of this, this, this gold mine, this gold mine of, I, I keep saying the word content, but I guess that's appropriate for this podcast. Yeah. This gold mine of content that they have in audio form, video form. And you're talking about editing down to TikToks, Instagrams, reels, like whatever mm-hmm. that platform looks like. Talk to me about that. Like, how can you reuse these things? Oh my gosh, like a million different ways. Um, I have a map that I drew out. um, I think it was just last year. I feel like since starting a business and maybe just pandemic years are longer than regular years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, last year I drew out a map. And like you said, with long form content and the way that things are going, when you produce a podcast episode, even a shorter podcast episode that's like, 20 or 30 minutes long can be broken up into probably like 10 different short form videos that are a minute long. Um, And I think the fun part about repurposing content is that your audience 
has different preferences of how they like to receive content, right? So some people love to sit down and have, you know, a long YouTube video playing in the background. Um, my husband is not a big podcast person. However, he will sit down and watch somebody's like three to four hour live stream while he's <laughs> working. And um, okay, I have watched like a couple of those and it's it literally takes me days to get through them. But like some people want to sit down and see a live stream live and be a part of that long experience. And then some people are going to want to watch a 20 minute highlight of like the best parts of that live stream. And so I follow creators that do that. So that's one way is just to condense a super long um, piece of content into just like a shorter but still long form piece of content. Then to take that and create vertical videos, um, almost every platform has some sort of video or vertical video component to it. YouTube has shorts, Instagram has reels, TikTok is TikTok. They're probably like the OG uh, vertical video platform. Um, but, you know, taking that long form video, cutting it down into those vertical pieces is just one way. I mean, taking the transcript of your podcast and turning that into a series of blog posts, turning it into email marketing materials, turning it into a LinkedIn newsletter, um, turning it into LinkedIn posts, um, carousel posts for Instagram. There's so many ways that you can take that content and break it up into a million little pieces. And like you said, it is a gold mine. If you're doing a podcast every single week, that is so much content. And I think people just get overwhelmed with how much they could do with it if they like really sat down and took that and broke it up into a bunch of different pieces. So I would say just pick, you know, one or two ways that you're going to repurpose that content to start out with. And then as your capacity increases, or if you work with a freelancer like Megan, uh, they can take it for you and break it up into even more pieces and do even more with it. And you also have this library of content that you can come back to. You know, it's not like once your episode goes live, if you don't do anything with it within the first week, it's dead forever. Like you can always revive that piece of content, always come back to it um, and revisit it. So don't be afraid to do that. Mm, I love the plug, but I also love what <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying there. Like it, it truly is. It's um, infinite what you could do with these things. Mm -hmm. And like you say, go back to them. That's amazing. Great advice there. So if someone is thinking about launching a podcast or mm -hmm. thinking about doing some kind of video platform based messaging, mm -hmm. where do they need to be? What do they need to be doing? Like, where is the it thing? Because TikTok is kind of in flux right now. Um, mm -hmm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So for sure, I would say YouTube. I think even if you are on the fence about starting a podcast, you know, having a video version of your show or video content of some sort is just the way to do things these days. Like people love watching videos or even if they're watching something without sound, if you have captions on, they will sit and watch your content. Um, people like being able to hear somebody's voice. They like being able to see somebody's face as they're explaining something. Um, they want that connection and they want to feel like they know the person that they're hearing from and that they're taking advice from. And I think that video is the best way to create that connection and to foster that re relationship and to build community. Um, and then YouTube is the number two search engine owned by the number one search engine in the world, Google. And so being able to have that SEO power behind your content is so important as well. And my favorite part about YouTube as a platform and podcasting both is that 
um, your content has a much longer shelf life than it does on social media platforms. And YouTube is technically a social media platform, but it is first and foremost a search engine. So if somebody is searching for your content three months after you post it or a year after you post it, they can still find it. And not only can they still find it, it can still have a surge in the algorithm three months, a year, two years, five years after you publish content, which is unheard of on Instagram or TikTok or like any of those other platforms. They usually have a shelf life of 24 hours, maybe a week. If like a few days after you post it, you might have a real takeoff on Instagram or something like that. Um, and oftentimes it's a reel that maybe doesn't have anything to do. Like it might be something quick that you uploaded and it doesn't have anything to do really with your content. So any of all these people who are looking at your content, but maybe not following because it doesn't match up. Whereas with long form content, I feel like it's a lot harder to get off topic from whatever your main content themes are. So if somebody finds that long form content on your podcast or on your YouTube channel, they're going to come back, see you have this library of other videos or other podcast episodes that they could watch and listen to. And so they're more likely to follow along and stick around for upcoming episodes that you're releasing. Yeah. So I feel like I need to ask you this, not even from <laughs> this podcast perspective, but like from helping you and your team, YouTube just launched a podcast, mm -hmm. like, what is it platform? Like, yep. talk me through that. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, it's so brand new. I'm still trying to understand it. I feel like there's two major platform changes that our company is paying attention to. And one is that um, YouTube podcast feature or it's really like just marking your your video as a podcast. Like it's not really a separate part of the platform. There's not really any crazy new feature necessarily. It's li literally just that if you have a playlist for the videos that you upload to your channel that are a part of a podcast, you can mark that playlist as a podcast. And from what I understand and from what I've seen, YouTube kind of has a landing page for the content that's marked as a podcast on their platform. And if you hit a certain number of views, it could be featured on this main landing page that has like some of the top podcasts on the platform. Um, and whereas on something like Apple Podcasts, where you would have to have tens of thousands at least of downloads to get on any sort of list and to get visibility. Um, I've seen some podcast episodes that have like 6,000 views, which, you know, definitely if you're just starting out, that might sound super unattainable also, but it's not like you're competing with people who have millions and millions of downloads constantly. So I think it'll be interesting to see how smaller creators can get featured on this page and how smaller creators can get boosted. Um, I have a client who started from scratch in September with a brand new YouTube channel, was only getting a handful of views per episode. And in December, one of her episodes took off and got like 8,000 views. And so um, if they had launched this before then, she maybe could have gotten featured on that page, which would have been really, really cool. Um, but I think that, you know, if you do have lightning strike and the algorithm blesses your content with a surge in views, it might be a good way to get even more eyes on your content to be featured on this new podcast page. And by the way, like really that it is as simple as that. If you go into the YouTube studio backend, there's a tab for podcasts. You just go in there, you select the playlist that you want, or you create a new one. So they make it super easy to mark, you know, which content is a podcast. And that's all you need to do as of right now to set up your video podcast on YouTube. Um, the other feature on that we're paying attention to is Anchor, Anchor 
um, changing to Spotify for podcasters. And again, like from my understanding, really the only difference is that they have some more resource content that is featured prominently on the actual um, Anchor homepage, formerly, formerly Anchor, now called Spotify for podcasters. Um, and so they're really trying to boost Spotify as the top podcast platform. Spotify is the owner of Anchor, so now it's Spotify for podcasters. And um, they're really pushing video podcasts on their platform, so uploading your your um, podcast episode as an MP4 file there. Um, they're trying to, I think, help smaller creators get featured more. The cool thing about Spotify for podcasters is that you need a podcast hosting platform regardless. Like if you're starting a podcast and you want it to be on Apple and Spotify and Google and all the places, like you need a hosting platform anyway. Um, Anchor is free. It's anchor.fm. And so, um, you know, you need that anyway. So I think it's beneficial to just be on that platform, be utilizing the video component there. um, And you don't have to pay anything either to try out all these cool features, which is cool. That is. Uh, That's where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I normally wrap these um, interviews up with a couple of questions. You actually mm-hmm. helped me come up with them. <laughs> <laughs> so content, content mm-hmm. to create is the name of this podcast. So mm-hmm. where do you feel content? I feel content when I am with my family. Um, usually outside, there's like something about the sunshine and just being in nature that I just absolutely love. I don't do do it nearly as often enough as I would like to. Um, but definitely having that quality time with the people that are closest to me and, um, being outside in the sunshine is like my happy place. Anytime I think about relaxation, it's like reading a book outside, <laughs> enjoying a cup of coffee outside. That is um, my favorite place to be. Oh, I love it. All right. And this next one is going to be completely loaded for you. Um, so what kind of content do you consume? <laughs> so I actually um, don't listen to that many podcasts. And I think that it's because. Fascinating. <laughs> I used to, you know, every single morning listen, listen to a podcast. Now, um, I think maybe since having a baby that quiet time is kind of sacred. And so sometimes if I'm going for a walk, like I just want to listen to music, like I want something to put a little pep in my step. Um, I also, since I get paid to listen to podcasts, um, I consume a lot of my clients content. And so at the end of the day, I really just want either quiet or just some music to listen to. Um, and so it's funny when people are like, oh, well, what podcast do you listen to? I'm like, I don't really like listen to a lot of podcasts because <laughs> <laughs> I think I just get so burnt out on it. Um, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos um, because I think for me, I love vlog style content. I love to watch people's day in the life. I love to especially watch content about being a mom and like see how other people are balancing working or even just like maintaining a clean organized home while having a little one at home. Um, I don't know what that looks like. (laughs) Um, And so I just, that content is so relaxing to me. Um, And I feel connected with the people that I watch. So whenever they go through, you know, something in their life where they have a life update, like I will sit down and watch that and I'll leave a comment and let them know I'm thinking about them. Like, 
I have, I definitely have some parasocial relationships going on with some of my favorite creators. But um, I think for me, like, it's just really cool to follow along with a lot of people who are, you know, similar age as me, some are a little bit older, some are a little bit younger, but they've all like gone through that transition of graduating from college and not being sure like what their next step in life is to meeting their partner, to getting married, to having babies and, um, you know, entering this new phase of life, you know, building homes together and, you know, me going through all those things at the same time as them. Like that's been the content that has really resonated with me. Um, especially, you know, becoming a mom, I feel like I'm looking back at creators who've gone through that transition before me in such a different light now. Um, and so that's kind of actually my favorite content to watch is vlog style videos on YouTube. That's so interesting. I love it. <laughs> okay. So if anybody wants to find you on, on the internet, how can they do that? Sure. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is novice studios, CLT. Um, you can also find me over on LinkedIn. My full name is Kristen Stigall. So you can find me there. Um, and my website is novice studios, CLT.com. If you want to check us, check us out or see all of our amazing clients and, and the podcasts that we produce for them. I love all of your clients. I listen to like all of them, <laughs> all of them, not even because you pay me to do so, but because I want to. So, <laughs> Yes. And I think that's the fun part about podcasting, like podcast production too, is that like you get to get paid for content to listen to content that you would have listened to anyway. And um, it's always so valuable. And I think that's a big part of why I don't listen to a ton of other podcasts too, is because like my clients provide so much value that at the end of that, I'm like, I'm good. I have everything I need to (laughs) go forth and conquer this week, you know? Um, And they're they're all so good at giving pep talks in their content. It's all super motivating. Um, And so I think it's really fun to have their voices in my ear and get to be a part of getting their content out into the world so they can make that impact on more people. I think that is a perfect place to wrap. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. It's been a pleasure to talk to you on this kind of platform. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Thanks for joining me today on the Content to Create podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message. You can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I have both linked in the show notes. See you next time.